welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. I'm your host, Erin Hallstrom. Today's episode is certainly a timely one. Rick Williams, practice lead in operations and supply chain management at JPG Resources, is talking with us about the top supply chain issues impacting food and beverage processors in spring 2022 and beyond. From the impact of geopolitical issues to ingredient and packaging material availability, we touch on all of the current links impacting today's supply chain. You'll definitely want to listen the entire way through this episode as Rick offers his perspective on how labor issues can be fixed or corrected, as well as leaving us with two things manufacturers will need to master forever going to crawl out from under the weight of our supply chain issues. Enjoy the episode, and be sure you're signed up for Food Processing's daily e-newsletter so you can stay in the know about the news impacting the food and beverage industry. Head to foodprocessing.com newsletters to get on the list for our daily e-newsletter that comes straight to your inbox every weekday morning. Welcome to the Food for Thought podcast. Let's dig right in. Rick, let's start out by talking a little bit about your background and what you do. Sure, Erin. It's great to be here with you. Uh, My background, I've been in the food business for over 30 years. Um, Started and founded some ingredient manufacturing uh, businesses as well as a CPG uh, food product manufacturer where we were a co-manufacturer for a variety of brands. Uh, moved from there to joining an early stage brand to run operations uh, and growing from one manufacturing site to four until we sold to a major CPG food company. And now I am uh, practice lead with the JPG Wheelhouse, which is our operations and supply chain management practice area at JPG Resources. Um, JPG is a, a team of over 60 experienced food professionals. Uh, We provide end-to-end services for brands and and food companies, uh, ranging from brand development, uh, innovation, to product development, to commercialization of products, to operations and supply chain, which is my area, Uh, and then all the way through to where the brand either brings in their own team to run the business, or we work with them to the point of their exit uh, sale of the business to, uh, to, to a buyer. You're in the thick of supply chain, and I'm sure you have a lot of great insights about what we've been experiencing in the last year. What would you say are the top three to four supply chain issues the food and beverage industry is experiencing right now? Yeah, I think there are three primary areas. Uh, Very early on in the last couple of years with uh, uh, with COVID um, coming into the world, uh, we certainly saw labor impact almost immediately uh, with regard to that which has continued. Um, In addition, uh, ingredient and packaging material availability and lead times uh, with regard to those. And then the third area is just the cost pressures uh, with the inflationary activity that we're seeing worldwide right now. Uh, With labor, uh, you know, obviously there was the issue with uh, uh, infections and impacting availability of folks to do the work uh, and, and they had to support family members at some times uh, who, who were uh, ill. 
Uh, on the material side, I think that uh, uh, that's continuing to be a concern and uh, uh, having serious impacts on our supply chain and, uh, and, and contributing to the, to, to the inflationary pressures that we're seeing. The ingredients, uh, you know, it's really twofold, I, I think of, um, as far as what's influencing that. One is just, again, COVID-related with the labor uh, not being available to uh, make products. Um, also, uh, transportation of materials with the trucker shortage. And then, uh, secondly, uh, with ingredients, uh, we've seen uh, weather impact uh, on crop failures uh, with drought and, and other things contributing to that. And most recently, uh, <laughs> recently as, as in this week, with uh, geopolitical influences with what's happening in Eastern Europe. So I know labor is a really big issue as well. Can you speak to the impact that labor issues are having on the supply chain? Sure. Um, you know, when COVID began, many uh, people in many industries were able to pivot to work from home. Uh, but in our industry, uh, we have many jobs that require folks to be on site, whether it be farm workers uh, there for the harvest uh, during the window that's available for, say, fruits and vegetables, uh, to the truckers, as I mentioned previously, to warehouse uh, workers, to folks working in production facilities on the floor, making the food, and finally, uh, uh, retailers uh, and the supermarkets, the folks that are needed to, to run those facilities. So when, uh, when we started seeing uh, the impact on availability and uh, workers leaving uh, work, it certainly had uh, a strong impact on our supply chain uh, and, and uh, it continues to, uh, even as we've kind of grown out of, uh, hopefully on the backside of, of much of the COVID influence. But, uh, uh, certainly have seen um, the, the worker shortage continue to be disruptive uh, with regard to, uh, to the needs in, in, in our industry. In your opinion, how is the labor component going to be fixed or corrected? I think we're seeing some great um, efforts by employers who are successful uh, at developing creative and innovative uh, ways to recruit and retain workers, uh, either through uh, enhanced packages. Uh, certainly many workers are seeking better job benefits, increased wages, things of that sort. Uh, but also uh, creating a, a strong and healthy work environment that's uh, inviting uh, to workers. So doing that is going to be key to getting folks to come back into the workforce. Um, there's many opportunities from uh, throughout the supply chain uh, to do that um, because certainly all uh, links in that supply chain have been impacted by this labor issue. In addition to labor, we're also experiencing materials shortages. Can you speak more on what sort of materials we're running short on and how is this impacting the food industry? Sure. Um, certainly imported products are products that have complex supply chains uh, have been a challenge. Uh, we've seen COVID-related manufacturing shutdowns or slowdowns uh, over the past couple of years. Uh, lead times have extended as materials become scarce, uh, and certainly transportation delays. Uh, we've, we've all seen the pictures of the container ships uh, sitting outside ports waiting to be unloaded. Uh, 
Um, some of the specific products that we're seeing are the import items such as sweeteners, uh, mini starches, uh, chocolate, coffee uh, also. Um, I think that uh, one thing that we're going to continue to see is, is even just general commodities. Uh, we've seen here in North America due to uh, drought conditions, uh, crop failures, uh, with oats, legumes, things of that sort. That's certainly impacted availability and uh, prices. Uh, and then also just the geopolitical situation. Um, for example, Ukraine is, is a top 10 supplier of many of our farm products, uh, such as corn, wheat, barley, soybeans. In fact, they're number one in, in supplier uh, grower of sunflower seeds. So uh, what's happening there will have a ripple effect throughout the world. Packaging also seems to be an issue. What are we up against there? Well, Many materials, uh, such as aluminum, uh, have been in, in short supply and, and long lead times. Uh, manufacturers just uh, are out of capacity and uh, can't support new business. Uh, uh, in addition, uh, paperboard uh, has been an issue. Uh, many mills aren't, aren't able to take on new customers because of supply uh, constraints right now. So that's, uh, that's a problem, particularly when you're looking at growing businesses or new innovation. Uh, and trying to find those materials to, uh, to support those efforts. Um, in addition, uh, flexible uh, packaging uh, such as film for nutrition bars or cookies and, and uh, cereals, uh, many components that go into those raw materials are not available or in short supply, so that impacts availability and, uh, or needing to pivot to find alternative uh, types of structures that can still provide the barrier qualities that are needed to protect the food. All of this sounds pretty dire. What would you say is the highest priority for the food industry to begin to crawl out from under these supply chain issues? Yes, um, I would say this is the most challenging time I've seen in my career uh, from a supply chain perspective. And um, I think there are two priorities. One is planning, and the second is communication. Um, manufacturers, brands, uh, retailers, everybody needs to think ahead. Uh, they need to plan ahead, look at the extended um, lead times. You know, we're seeing items that used to be three to four week lead times now being seven to eight week lead times. If it was seven to eight weeks, it's now 12 to 16 weeks. Uh, so need to plan and work with your supply chain partners uh, to understand what those lead times are going to be and to the extent possible, uh, either contract or buy ahead to protect uh, your supply as, uh, as we work through this, this uh, phase that we're in. Um, and then communication. Uh, maintain great communication with your partners upstream and downstream as far as your uh, suppliers, making sure you understand what they're going through and what their needs are from you from, from a forecasting standpoint and uh, commitment standpoint to them. And then also uh, downstream with your customers uh, and uh, the retailers, uh, under, communicating the, the challenges and making sure that uh, everybody's planning appropriately. You know, resets that could have occurred in 30 to 60 days may now take 90 to 120 days uh, in order to get materials in place uh, to support those. So the, the planning and communication uh, both directions uh, in the supply chain, I think, are critical. So best guess, what will normal look like 
And any guesses how long it will take us to get back on course with the supply chain? Well, uh, early in 2021, um, <clears throat> I thought we were going to get there by the end of 2021. And then Delta happened, and so that uh, that had a huge impact on us. Uh, and so, you know, there, there's many questions that we can't answer uh, with regard to uh, the pandemic and potential new variants that could could impact uh, labor. Um, also, the geopolitical situation is something that's going to be difficult to uh, uh, really uh, get our arms around until uh, it starts to resolve itself a little more. But I think that uh, we're looking at continued challenges, certainly through 2022, uh, and then start looking at coming out to the new normal, whatever that new normal looks like uh, towards the end of the year in early 2023. Right. Last question for you, and it's going to require you to find a crystal ball. Are there any supply chain predictions you care to make? Well, I think one thing we've learned over the last couple of years is that our crystal balls are pretty cloudy <laughs> right now, and uh, so it's it's uh, it's a challenge there. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Delta variant came in and kind of uh, uh, threw us for a loop and required uh, us to pivot. Uh, and certainly, the the worldwide weather patterns that we're seeing there impacting crops uh, are are impacting us here, and then the geopolitical situation. Um, I guess I would say that. Um, we are in a season right now. Uh, it is not going to last forever. Uh, it is going to move. We are going to transition into that new normal, and I think it's important that we plan ahead for that from a standpoint of continuing to look at uh, innovation and growth and be planning for that now so that when we kind of uh, see the parting of the clouds, if you will, uh, we can execute on that. Um, I don't know that what that timeline is going to be, but uh, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm confident that we're going to get there and that uh, we will start, uh, you know, one thing that I will say about supply chain is that it, seems it is very resilient. Uh, we tend to stretch and stress it, uh, but very seldom does it completely break. And so uh, as folks uh, learn what's going to be the impacts on it. We can take um, remedial action to mitigate uh, the impact of uh, the circumstances that we're facing and continue to uh, do business and grow and succeed and thrive. listening to the Food for Thought podcast today, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we talk more about the stories behind the headlines of the food and beverage industry. Take care. Have a great day.